And I, I realized I started to heal and get stronger as I as I invested into the energy. And, and then a light switch flipped in my head, two of them. One was I realized from watching my dad's life that health is the foundation of everything we love as parents. We lose our health. We lose our ability to provide, to experience, to make memories, to be around. But I also realized that we could actually have some amount of control through our will and, and through our habits to actually create health. And I realized that the physical health also plays into the mental health. Welcome to another episode of Executive Health and Life. I'm your host, Julian Hayes II. And as I always say, back at it again with another fascinating guest. And today, he's fascinating. A lot of people are fascinating that I talk to. Actually, everyone is, but here, nevertheless. Um, today, we're talking about families. And we're talking about how that's the bedrock to a strong and prosperous society. Um, but we're going to do this in a way where you probably won't hear this a lot of times if you just look out in mainstream because we're approaching this from the angle of health and how that's the centerpiece of developing this strong and prosperous family and so my guest is someone who um has dealt with this from a personal standpoint much like me when it comes to our, our fathers and my guest today is dr anthony baduzzi and he's a foremost expert when it comes to helping busy moms and dads optimize their health. Now, a little about him is he's the founder and CEO of the Fit Father Project and the Fit Mother Project. 60,000 families across more than 100 countries have benefited from his and his team's work, which is a lot of people. So uh, it's a lot of people. When I saw that number, I was like, wow. But, um, you know, he's a licensed naturopathic doctor in Arizona. He also holds dual degrees in nutrition and psychology from the University of Pennsylvania. And in addition to that, when he's not sharpening his mind, he's a former national champion bodybuilder as well. So body and mind, right? So without further ado, Dr. Anthony, how's it going today? It's going awesome. I'm really excited for this conversation. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And as as we talked about a little bit before I hit record, um, I uh, when I read your story about your father, there was a lot I could relate to, except the difference was I was a caretaker for maybe three and a half years and I was 33. And so it's still hard as an adult, but at nine years old, when you had yours, I'm sure that's different because those are some of the formative years as a, as a child. Mm -hmm. So I, I want to start there. And I read one of your sentences and you said, why did God let this happen to my dad? Mm -hmm. And was I going to get sick like my dad did? Mm -hmm. And I went to the doctor once, right? And my dad, diabetes, cardiovascular issues, mm -hmm. amputees, all that stuff, right? And the doctor's like, there's a good chance that you're going to be diabetic at some point in your life. I was like, well, that's interesting. <laughs> you know, all I could do is laugh. I, I think I laugh sometimes if something's absurd. I think that's just my coping mechanism. And, it, and and so it's like, is our genes our destiny? So the first question is, that first week or so, do you, if you remember, how did you, how are you like processing it? Take us there. Well, as you kind of alluded to, if people don't know the specifics, I basically watched my dad and his health deteriorate throughout my young childhood. When I was three, he had his first grand mal seizure. And, you know, this is where he got diagnosed with terminal brain cancer and he fought it for six years and he, and he finally died when he was 42 years old. Um, and, and my dad, like many guys, totally busted his butt to provide for the family and his health routines were put on the back burner because all the stress, all the work. And, 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 it's, and it's absolutely certain when it comes to any kind of chronic disease, heart disease, diabetes, cancer, like stress and your regulation of that, as well as your healthy habits are probably one of the main factors in whether or not you experience these kinds of things and the kind of outcomes that you do have. Now, you asked me specifically about the, the time that happened right after my dad died. Well, the story is pretty incredible, um, to be honest with you, the day he actually died. 
the day he died, we just moved from Toronto, Canada, where we were living at the time to Scottsdale, Arizona, where I reside now. And my parents were moving just because my dad was so sick. They kind of wanted a new fresh start to life, uh, a place where my dad can kind of have an easy last bit of time. And, and my dad was dying in my parents' bedroom on this particular day. Um, and I went down to the basketball court locally. You know, I didn't know anybody, new state. And I was full of all this anger from watching my dad be so sick and, and so confused. And I kind of got in a little bit of a scuffle playing basketball. And I was pushed and I fell and I broke my arm. And I broke my arm. I had to walk home and I had to go to the hospital overnight for surgery. My mom took me there. And, and so I was in the hospital overnight getting my bones reset. And I remember how painful that was. My arm and the contraction, they're resetting their bones. And while this is happening, my mom's back home. Her, her son, me, right, getting, getting emergency surgery. Her husband dying in the bedroom. Who knows where my little brother Nick was? And she bends over to my dad that very night and whispers in his ear, Peter, you know, I'm really worried about Anthony. Like, if you're going to go, go now. I want you in that hospital room with Anthony you know, kind of like spiritually speaking. And that's when he let go and died. And so I found out the next day when my mom picked me up in the hospital. So talk about a crash in my life from a very young age. I mean, I get home and my mom picks me up in the hospital the next day and I find out dad dies and I was crushed, right? You know, physically broken, emotionally and spiritually broken. And there was a dark period of time that happened. I, I when the memories that still flash back into my mind is just like crying in the closet with my mom, my little brother being so confused and asking me like, when's dad coming home and devastating, right? But I think it was more like not necessarily the, the first 10 days, but I think after about like two or three months and as I was healing my broken arm as well of like feeling just like in the pits, uh, something, a turning point in my life happened where mom gave me a pair of my dad's old dumbbells. And, and I just realized that I wanted to do something different. I was just so tired of being sad. So I started to train with the dumbbells. I would hide them under my bed. My mom would tuck me in. And I'd get up, I'd pull them out and I'd do exercises. I was only not, I was 10 at this time, right? So just turned 10. I, I didn't know what I was doing, but I just did curls, push-ups, and squats and stuff like that. And I, I realized I started to heal and get stronger as I as I invested into the energy. And, and then a light switch flipped in my head, two of them. One was I realized from watching my dad's life that health is the foundation of everything we love as parents. We lose our health, we lose our ability to provide, to experience, to make memories, to be around. But I also realized that we could actually have some amount of control through our will and, and through our habits to actually create health. And I realized that the physical health also plays into the mental health. And I, so I got so committed to making myself strong. So that was the process of me getting into training. And that catapulted through a lot of life experience, like uh, two, mm -hmm. two and a half decades of then going ahead and training and doing so much of this stuff. But that, that was kind of the early origin story there. So was that, um, was part of that, the, I, I, you found your mission on, on your 10th birthday. Yeah. On, on, um, that's very, that's, I think it's hard to even explain how someone is almost like a, I know you talk about your faith a lot and how your faith helped in, in your healing. Do you think that's, that was all connected as well? Just to get such an early calling so early. Cause for me, it wasn't really for me until, probably I was about 16, 17 when I really thought that I had more control over my genes and my health. Yeah. So, so that, that was interesting that you got that so early. Well, I think it's like, um, it's easy to like, like project backwards in time, the amount of clarity that I have in the present day and to say, that's exactly what I had there. What I did know is I was experiencing pain and suffering and I'd found a path to healing. And I think when we all have our own unique path to healing in our lives, when we find something that's very true, like we feel the darkness and we're moving more into a light or something that's calling us forward. Like I absolutely had that from a young age. It was the only option I, I was hit. I was at rock bottom. There was no going the other way. So in that case, I, I did have purpose and I was drawn towards this idea of physical exercise, strengthening myself, my body and mind and watching my emotions and my spiritual health improve through the proxy of this. 
And I didn't have the exact clarity in that moment that I was going to become a doctor and build the Fit Father project. But stacking on the experience of almost like that arrow that got shot in that time as it goes through i go through high school and i'm competing in sports and then personal training i get into bodybuilding and then eventually medical school and i'm in medical school i'm seeing so many parents like just like my dad you know they don't always have cancer right but they mm -hmm. have different diagnoses that are related to a stressful life with other wrong health habits and i knew that there needed to be a way for people to actually sustain this stuff like have a plan that works everyone knows that like uh, eating ordering a salmon off the menu is better than the burger but like that's not helping people fix their health issues amidst the chaos of families so then i really had to take some of my psychology background with my fitness training with my deep passion for families and dads and moms and, and my own healing journey and i wrapped that into fit father project so mm -hmm. that was kind of the journey so i did have a degree of clarity 100% and it just deepened through a number of experiences past that yeah so speaking of the the, the fit father projects that's how it originally started um I think I read that you started this, was it in medical school? You started with websites and stuff? Yeah. So um, that's that's uh, interesting. A lot of times people are thinking about just surviving medical school, right? Yeah. And, and, you're, um, and you are going ahead and doing this. Is this. And it's just like a side project, right? Because I don't think you knew yet that you were going to do this. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I, I knew I wanted to help people. And what was interesting is like when I was in this early stage of healing, you know, we'll kind of go back to my 10 years old into my teens. Like I found as I was strengthening my body, I was also listening to a lot of like motivational, inspirational stuff. And so was my mom, right? Imagine being a, a young mom, two boys, widowed. Like she was listening to a lot of like Tony Robbins and inspirational stuff. And, and I was kind of absorbing that in the background. And it was powerful for me to like start to upgrade my mindset and kind of step into a greater vision for myself and what was possible. But I was also very interested in just in the nature of like that kind of career path. Like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, you could follow your passions and help people like legitimately directly help people with, with what you've experienced and what you know and, and create things. And then obviously when you get into fitness and training and you achieve a high level of success physically, like people want to look like you, they want to know what you do with workouts and nutrition. So I was always in this mindset of helping people and disseminating information. And I mean, I'll give myself some props. Like I was highly driven. And I think I became so driven through that root of that pain I experienced with my dad. Like I, that hole in my heart, I filled it with fire and determination. And that was really useful for a period of time you know, driving me through academics and being successful through bodybuilding. I remember the first orientation day in medical school, I woke up at like 3.45 a.m. to try to film some videos for my website beforehand. And like those videos never saw the light of day, but I but I had that fire. And I think that fire was good. And I think we glorify that fire in society and, it, and it's very good, but it is driven still from a root of some kind of pain. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if we'll go into the next, you know, crash crash I had. I consider myself having several crashes in my life. The second one was actually my final year of medical school where I, I almost killed myself on a skiing slope. I hit a tree going about 40 miles per hour, blew up my femur, broke my leg and almost killed myself earlier than my dad died because of my own ego and how I was approaching things. And that same ego was the same route that drove me to so much business success. And that kind of started my shift back into opening up my spirituality, surrendering my personal will to a greater divine will, and then wrapping that into a deeper mission of service and love. So it's, it's been a, it's a life trajectory for sure. Like we all have our experiences and mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's what I'll say about that. How have you learned, you know, that's interesting because I look, I can totally relate to all of that. Um, you know, we just met. So for the listeners already know this, but so I did a year of medical school and then I left after my first year. And uh, it was for those reasons. I found myself when I was reading the textbooks and getting that, I kept thinking about fitness and the application of that, not even necessarily just about the practice of medicine right. and, that, and that kind of thing. And I didn't know that you could actually just go out and, and help people in, in, in another job. I thought you had to follow this path. So okay. it was it was completely eye-opening eye to me. Now, 
um, that fire is very beneficial, right? It, it lets you do some phenomenal things because mm -hmm. much like you with in the medical school, I got in some of the best shape in my life mm -hmm. just because I was determined not to ever let that happen. Never, right. ever. Um, how do you go about managing that now? Uh, you know, because you don't want to dim that because I think that's what makes us special. That's mm -hmm. what helps us. But it also can can it can be pretty toxic. Uh, mm -hmm. It can be pretty it can get you into some trouble like your skiing accident. Mm -hmm. So how did you learn to start really kind of balancing those two things? Well, it's it's, it's a great and I think let's let's uh, like literally imagine the fire as a flame that's mm -hmm. like inside of us. And as we mature in our personality, understanding that fire needs to mature with us. So typically for most people on fitness journeys, the fire of youth, if they have the fire related to fitness is about getting stronger, performing athletically, attracting, you know, a partner or being, being attractive to, in my case, like I wanted to be, be perceived as strong and get girls at that time. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the sense of like self-importance. Um, but I think the fire transitions in the different stages of your life. Like there's a certain point where the fire transitions a lot for people into, man, I just want to have the energy and clarity of, of thinking to perform well in my career. When you step through the portal of becoming a parent, the fire can turn into, man, I want to be around for my kids and set a good example for them. When you get into your 40s and 50s and you realize that the body has this natural declining trajectory, you realize that I need this fire now needs to be channeled for longevity and actually making sure that I'm doing the right things to stay healthy and, and, and address the roots of these chronic diseases and prevent these things. Um, and so the fire must morph with your own level of maturity. And I think where people get stuck is they progress to another stage in life, uh, one where they have a new frame of responsibilities and values, but the fire inside is still relating in an old, more immature way. And this is why people who are, let's just say, mid 40s or mid 50s that are very busy, have families and careers who only per, only relate to their fire in fit in the fitness realm as improving their body for the way they look, never find it to be motivating enough to actually stick through. It's mm -hmm. only when they start to make new neuro associations and really recalibrate that fire to be that like, oh, man, the reason I'm actually eating healthy is not just because I want abs. It's because I need to perform my job. I want to really make sure I don't die like my dad did, uh, X, Y, Z, these deeper values. And when you make those new neuro associations, the fire gets aligned. And I also think, and this is maybe just my life experience I'm projecting on everyone, is the process of youth is actually building up this sense of self, this ego, this personality, our confidence in creating in the world. And then there's a series of life experiences that start to shave and smooth that down. Those, mm -hmm. those tough edges that we created, they get cracked and bumped. And then we kind of soften a little bit. And that softening, I think, is a good thing because we're no longer driven by this like concept that's so limited. And this is where it comes down to, I think, evolving into a deeper cut of not just working for yourself, but working for service, working mm -hmm. for higher values of goodness, uh, working to align yourself with what you perceive to be true. And I think when that fire calibrates towards that, I think that's like one of the final stages of the fire that can burn for a whole lifetime. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That is that is spot on. Um, I, I would say probably it's been about four, four and a half years now since my father passed. And I would say that it's it's softened me. I, I'm a I have a lot more empathy. Yeah, for sure. Now. Much more empathy now. And, you know, my ego was talking like the first year or so I noticed it. So I was like, am I becoming soft and like very sensitive? But it was <laughs> yeah. just like, like my senses were higher, right? And yeah. I can just feel, I can just feel things for people. And yeah. I was like, man, what is going on? I, I don't like, I was like, I didn't even get some lab work done or something. Cause I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is very uncomfortable. Cause I'm not used to, it. I never, not yeah. used to having these type of feelings. Yeah. And so, you know, you're spot on there that it's just part of the softening there. And secondly, you mentioned with the, the fitness right there, I, you know, like most guys, we get in here, it's to impress women and everything. I, I was a scrawny kid. 
For sure. And I, all, I, all I can think about is just getting muscles and everything. Mm-hmm. But once you get that, you get the validation from the world. You're like, okay, well, that's it. What's next, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's when you have to look inward. And I think it, it always comes back to there. So this leads us into starting to dissect some of the issues. And I think we're going to separate men and women because um, mm-hmm. I think they're a little different in terms of why they neglect their health. So let's start mm-hmm. with the uh, men first. So sure. over your time, why do you see like men neglect their health, especially around the age of 40? Yeah. Well, I honestly think it's like many men and I'm not going to say all, but I'll speak in the mm-hmm. perspective of fathers because I think it yeah. is a big hurdle. Guys step into this portal where you're in your teens and your twenties. Mm-hmm. Many guys are involved in sports. And then you get into like, if you go to college or whatever, and you still keep on eating in a similar way that you used to eat, then you get stressed and busy with work and you don't have this system, this daily system that allows you to check the boxes of movement, right food. And then you throw stress on top of that. And it just starts to change the metabolic parameters, make it so you have this busy schedule. And then the weight starts to slowly pile on. And the big difference, I think, metabolically speaking, physiologically speaking, in the 40s and 50s is you have a slower metabolism. Some of your hormones of youth are declining naturally. The stress and cortisol and the lack of sleep and the fact that you're always giving into your kids and your family and providing like becomes so huge. So it's like this combination of factors that makes it so tough for guys. Now, we all know there's guys in their 50s and 60s who are in way better shape than 99% of people in their 20s. But the reason those people are that way is because they have disciplines, routines around these areas of exercise and nutrition. They have a system that they work every single day and they have value tied to why to do this. Most guys who struggle just don't have those connections, don't have the system, and are also fighting the literal inertia of having excess weight, inflammation, busy schedule, lack of clarity. So it's like it's a a deep combination of things. And I think for guys, it's just like, especially when we get a partner and if you get married, guys start to care a little less about the fire related to physical appearance. just becomes less important. So if you don't make that transition to seeing why health is is really important in other in other areas and and to recalibrate that fire, you're not going to have the drive and it's easy to just skip the workout or get into the rut of eating the same crappy foods day in day out. And then you look around today's society and like literally 50 to 60% of men over 40 or overweight or obese on prescription meds, right? So you're just constantly validated. This is the normal experience of life. And this is only the normal experience in our current culture, in our current time, because of the factors that we do have here. So I think these are some of the elements that affect guys in that midlife period. And then of course, there's injuries and limitations that guys will feel like, oh man, I blew up my knee playing soccer, or I have bad shoulders, a bad back and pain, largely because guys aren't moving in the right way and not addressing inflammation. And so they just say, screw it. I can't exercise anymore. So they do nothing. So there's a lot of that mindset component in here too. Yeah. And so let's move on to the women because it's probably a little different. So over the course of your time, what have you seen the reason why women usually neglect their health? Yeah. Well, I, I think it's, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, especially if women pass through the threshold of becoming a mom, like mm-hmm. it is such a powerful transition in their bodies, right. To actually carry a child, to gain the weight, to birth the child and just like the hormonal and physical changes. So you hear the story over and over with women, you know, I had my first baby and then, you know, I, I gained all this weight and I never got some of the weight off and then it stacks and it stacks and it stacks if you have multiple kids. And this is on top of the fact that truly women 
you know, a lot of the psychology of mothers like baked in is truly sacrificial. Like mm -hmm. you're literally giving of your body to your kids. You're giving of your time to your kids. You're putting yourself last. And I think that's kind of like a mindset and it's, it's a deep thing. It's like, it's deeper into the psychology and there's goodness to it. But if putting yourself last ends up meaning you don't have a backstop of a good nutrition routine, you find that you can't even give yourself 30 minutes to exercise a few times per week. This is where some of the problems happen. And now in the forties and the fifties, women have an even greater hormonal roller coaster than the men. You know, this is around, let's just say in the late forties to fifties, when the perimenopause starts to kick in, that really protective estrogen starts to go down. That changes metabolic parameters, sleep parameters, stress parameters, bone health, ability to build muscle. And so men have this kind of steady decline of hormones that's related to stress and their activity. Women have more of like this roller coaster that happens from the kids. And then also through the perimenopause period. The cool thing is all of this can be completely managed with like some foundational lifestyle stuff. Um, and I think there's a similar story here. Uh, but you know, it's, it, I guess you could say it's slightly different. You can probably see the subtleties. Mm -hmm. So let's go ahead. And um, there's a few things I'll, I'll come back to. But since we're talking about kind of the hormonal differences and everything, let's kind of dive into a little bit of the metabolism and okay. everything. So at the at the beginning, right, say you have someone, maybe they're 42, 43, probably got maybe two or three kids at this yep. point. Um, and so they're coming to you with this stubborn weight and everything. What are, what are some of the foundational things that you just mentioned? Yeah, well, I mean, the way we actually lay out our programming that we use to help the 60,000 families is the first thing we do is we actually have them do a deep reflection in journaling exercise to get super clear on that fire in their new neuro associations to like basically relate their health to all the areas. How does your rate your health relate to your career, to being a good parent, to becoming financially abundant, to becoming spiritually aligned? Like we need to write these down, get super clear on this, get super clear on the costs, activate those pain and, pe pain and pleasure neuro circuits, because it's not enough to just give you a meal plan and say, go do this. You need the motivational framework underneath it to continue to operate that system and make changes. So that's number one. Number two is nutrition is like the main lever to pull. The coolest thing about being over 40 and look, getting on a health journey is you do not need to do a ton of exercise. Like what you do need is to increase your hydration, do some daily movement in the form of walking and eat a good meal plan. We've literally helped people lose over a hundred pounds doing no formal workouts. It's obviously better if you can do some training and we can talk about that in a little bit, but nutrition is the foundation. And what I love about nutrition is this is one of the areas where you can actually get back energy and get back time. And I like to explain it in this way. Like you're going to be eating every single day, regardless, unless you're doing intentional fasting, which is, is beneficial in many cases, you're going to be eating. And so let's just say you have the standard three meals per day, seven times per week, like that's 21 meals that you're going to have. And if we can just like upgrade those, like at least two, two thirds of those meals, you standardize your breakfast, standardize your lunch. And these are meals that are actually nutritious with foods that you like are easy to have behavioral hooks every single day. You've just taken like two thirds of your meals and you've made them healthier and you've made them easier. You have more stable blood sugar. So you have more energy. You're saving time because you don't need to think about all this stuff and you're going to be eating anyway. So it doesn't take you any more time. It does require you getting clear and getting a system in place. But mm -hmm. honestly, that's just like we've just made your default options way better. And that's massive. You do just do that alone. You're going to lose 10 pounds in 30 days and then continuously be able to do that. So we are big fans of like looking at every single day as a blank slate. And then especially in the first part of the day, like making it very standardized, very fluid to be like a nice gear. People can turn every day for more energy and consistency. So wake up rehydrate with 20 to 32 ounces of water, maybe throw some trace minerals in there. Whenever you have your first meal, whether it's breakfast with your family or you push it back and you do some fasting, we recommend standardizing that first meal. It could be some power protein shake. It could be overnight oatmeal. It could be eggs and fruit or eggs and avocado, but like whatever your go-to foods are you love, standardize that. 
it's so good because it gives you all this good nutrition, the protein, the fiber, the healthy fats, and you just don't need to think about it and you can do it anywhere. I'm a fan of also standardizing lunch too, because I think if you're a busy exec and it's the middle of your day, like you just want something that's good and healthy and tasty. Because the truth is, if I went to everyone listening to this podcast and like every time you're going to have a meal, I like knocked on your door, you open it up and I handed you your favorite healthy foods. And I'm like, here you go. It's lunchtime. This meal is going to help you with all the good nutrients and it's going to keep you stable and blood sugar and you're going to love it. Uh, I will mm -hmm. see you in a few hours. If we did that every single, if I did that every single day, everyone would love that service. We can kind of do this for ourselves by having a little bit of a plan in place. So I like standardizing the first couple of meals of the day. And then dinner is a place to have variety with your family. You don't need to be super rigid, but we can focus on, you know, some healthy, healthy, whole, whole foods, you know, vegetables, proteins, healthy carbs are available in the plan as well. Healthy fats. We can get into the specifics of that, but I think more importantly, the philosophy of having consistency paired with variety, standardizing early to have that behavioral hook and having more variety on dinner is super beneficial for people. I love all of that. I love especially the part about the uh, the first step that you mentioned about just relating your health to all areas of your life yeah. and, the, and the cost of that. And it's almost like raising the stakes, right? Like yep. why, is, why is this so important, right? It, it, you know, it's, it's beyond just me having a, a great physique. Yep. It's, it's so many other things. So I l absolutely love, love, love that point. And that's not as sexy as just immediately jumping into a diet sure. or, or, or a crazy workout plan. But I, I really promise you, for those listening and, and, and uh, watching at some point, that um, you do this step, you, you won't have to just hope and rely on motivation. You'll have yes. something called inspiration, which yes. is going to be much more powerful. For sure. And I actually recommend you write this down physically as a statement. Mm -hmm. Like we have this journaling exercise culminate as a mission statement that people write down. Like I, Anthony Balduzzi, am committed to doing X, Y, Z because it relates to these values. I know the costs of doing that are this, and this is worth it to me because I'm committed to being the best version of myself for me and my family. And you like literally print that thing out and you put it around your house. You put it in your bathroom, you put it on the fridge, you booby trap your environment because what you're doing is changing your neuro associations because the next time it's like, like after dinner, you're feeling a little stressed, you're sitting down to watch Netflix and you're like, ah, I, I want some chips or I want a little bit of the ice cream. Like that is a moment where you're going to be able to reflect on, wait a second, is that the default pattern I want to run or am I actually making a change? And every time you're in the dojo every day and you start to make that change, you're like, uh-uh, nope, that was the old me. I see why this is an old pattern and this is way better because it's so much more important than I'm, I'm here and healthy for my family, for my performance, for my life and my mission. Like you're starting to make changes and that's literally changing you on a neurologic level. You are grooving new neurologic patterns. You are changing yourself in the way you think. And over time, you just become a different person. Those urges start to wane. You have more intrinsic motivation. And as you lose weight, that is going to be one of the greatest feelings. You feel more light, more free, you're breaking free. And, and then this generative good cycle can kick in. That's why the mission statement's key is a backdrop. Then you get into the dojo every day and you start to train. Mm -hmm. And, Let's, let's one more thing with nutrition. And this is everyone's favorite question is, um, what's the best diet? What diet should I use? You know, do I have to do I need to go keto, uh, vegan, carnivore, yeah. all, all, all that stuff, right? Um, mm -hmm. what, what, what's your opinion? on? I'll that? give you my take when 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 a person in their 40s, men or women want to get healthy, here's what you ultimately want to achieve on a metabolic basis, you want to achieve stable blood sugar, which means you're going to improve your insulin sensitivity. 
and these are some medical terms, so I'll, I'll, people probably know this, but I'll give the backdrop, right? I mean, your blood always has a certain amount of sugar in it. And we know with chronic disease, people that have elevated blood sugars constantly, prediabetes into diabetes, they have all these problems. They have Alzheimer's and dementia, heart disease, diabetes, all the issues with too much sugar. So we want to have stable blood sugar, which means we need to control the amount of carbohydrate we intake. A lower or lower carb diet a diet is very good for people. This does not mean you need to take it to the complete extreme and eliminate carbs. And this is, I just know this because our, our plan is a lower carb intake, but it's not a zero carb. Like our fit fathers and fit mothers still may have some sprouted organic bread or a little bit of a sweet potato here or some fruit. Like those are okay, but it is healthy carbs in smaller portions because we also want to improve the insulin sensitivity. Insulin is this storage hormone that's released when we eat food. It drives nutrients into cells and we're constantly constantly eating too frequently, too much food, too much sugar and carbohydrate in particular, insulin's constantly elevated and this blunts our fat burning. It can cause a lot of problems. And for longevity, you want to be insulin sensitive with stable blood sugar. So what we do is effectively have people exercise, do some fasting, uh, and have a lower carbohydrate diet. These are really important for improving that insulin sensitivity. Now, in terms of like the best diet, I think it's ultimately going to be the one that works for any given person. I don't think there's a reason to follow a purely plant-based diet for health, unless you're doing it because you believe like for from a moral or religious standpoint, which I think is very deeply powerful and, and could be very good, but there's going to be benefit for people having cold water, fatty fish in their meals for the omega threes or, uh, having some grass fed, grass finished, uh, meat on occasion, having some pasture raised quality eggs. I'm a big believer in quality food and also eating mostly non-processed foods. So stuff that goes into the, the diets and nu nutrition that we recommend eggs, fruit, avocado, and, and certain kinds of fruits are better than others. Let me say that too. Uh, vegetables that you can uniquely tolerate. And that's why you got to kind of find what works for you because there's some veggies that are not good for some people and good for others. There's a personalization aspect of this. Carbohydrates, you know, sweet potatoes, squashes, uh, quinoa, certain amount of rice, but not overboard on these things. High quality meats and fish. Quality really matters. Getting rid of processed foods, getting rid of added sugars, and just eating like really pure foods, like stuff that came from nature. And I think if if you're guided in that principle, you don't need to get as extreme on the macronutrients, like oh, I'm having zero carbs or I'm only eating animal products. Um, and we have more of a balanced approach, and it seems to work really well for people with families because these extreme diets tend to cause friction over the long haul. And the best diet is the one you're going to stick to, eating natural foods. And there's so many good nutrients from all these different sources. What's one of the, what's one or two of the biggest resistances that you get well, from, people, from people when they're making a change? Uh, well, first off, I think it's the, the mindset that pops up is like, oh, I don't have the time for this, right? That's a very common thing, especially for busy parents, because they're always in this time constrained kind of stressed out state. And that, that thought, I don't have the time comes mm -hmm. from the fundamental underlying fallacy that your health is one circle over here and the rest of your life is something different. You literally think these are two different things. You're not making the true understanding that you literally have this body vehicle that you're taking everywhere and the quality of your at your health is influencing your energy, your clarity of thinking, your presence, your emotions. It's actually one circle. So if you think you're managing two things and you say, I don't have the time, you're, you haven't created the right fundamental underlying mindset. Now, that's not to say that like you're not very busy and that you can't get, you know, you don't have to do a ton of exercise, not like an ex hour exercise every single day, but you can certainly sprinkle in some workouts. So I'd say that's one. Number two is people feeling like they can't actually like maintain the motivation over time. 
And this is a deep thing because the process of getting healthy is really facing very deep stuff. It's facing how we're coping with stress. And oftentimes for people that is food, alcohol, drugs, we're kind of facing those things. It, it, it's our emotional quality that we're really getting into. It's breaking free from old habits and patterns. Like it's a deep game. And we just happen to express this stuff through our bodies. And the amount of weight we carry is going to be the reflection of how well we're managing this and, and et cetera like this. So I think with the motivational aspect, it's always coming back to this deep internal work and the mission statement, but even deeper than that, it's creating an environment that helps people be successful. So that means typically not doing it alone, coming into community, getting coaching and support, doing it with friends and family. Like it's so much easier for us to get unhealthy in isolation. You can almost imagine the picture of the overweight, depressed 50 year old guy watching mm -hmm. TV late at night, eating chips off of his belly. Like it's a really easy thing for us to get into this deep, dark hole. But if that same guy were living in a house with fit, healthy, happy, connected people, it's going to be a lot harder for him to be eating like the chips like that, or let alone if he had a friend group and people who are checking in on him and keeping him accountable. Like we're social creatures. We do so well in businesses and companies when people come together on a mission, if we give ourselves the same gift in a healthy community, it's massive. We can almost like borrow some of that inspiration until we ourselves are lit up and are inspiring other people. So that's just how it works from a human standpoint. And that's why our fit father and fit mother communities are so helpful for people to sustain long-term. That's true. That's a very good point about the isolation. I don't know why, I, maybe it's because I've been reading a lot of books on war and stuff, but usually one of the things that enemy wants to do is isolate his enemy. 100%. And, and, and he's, 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 he's pretty much dead in the water at some point. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with whether it's men, not having other men around women, not having other women around. Yes. There's a part of you that's not going to be uh, fully optimized in, 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 into your most capable self. So that's a very good point there. Um, so when we think about families, how do you, what are some of your suggestions on pretty much creating a culture of a healthy family? Cause I would say for me growing up and even just seeing extended family, it's not necessarily that they know, they know certain things are good for you. They know, yeah, they know exercise is good. Who doesn't? They know mm -hmm. that that um, carrots are probably a better choice long term than <laughs> eating eating a bunch of McDonald's. Right? Yeah, doesn't mean sure. you're going to do it. Right? Right. So, because there's a there's a culture issue, right? Because I remember, I, I think it was like 20 years old when I really started to change, and they're like, "Oh, I, I don't eat those kind of foods. That's not for us. That's mm -hmm. not that's not part of our culture. We don't do those kind of foods. That's that that's that rabbit food and stuff mm -hmm. like that, right? Or are you eating that kind of stuff? So, mm -hmm. how do you go about changing the culture? of a family that is thinking about health. Well, I, I think culture is something that is typically created from the top down, like in, in, in any, like in any structure, like in an organization, in a company, it is the mm -hmm. leadership and the, the visionary or people on top that are setting the culture and the vision that kind of disseminates down and is hopefully reflected at all levels of the organization in religions around the world. There's like a central figure or dogma that is like creating a culture that is then disseminated and, and put out. So in families, the same idea is also true. It is the mom and the dad or however the family structure is, but the people on top that their kids are looking up to that are literally setting the tone in the culture, like what you do through your actions, how you display through your body, what you're actually showing is important to you and aligned by what you're doing on a daily basis and how your actual body, mind and spirit reflects all of that is the culture that breaks down to your kids. If we go to like Disney World or Disneyland and we're out there and we see overweight kids, you look around, 9.5 9, 9 out of 10 times, it is because there's an overweight parent. 
-hmm. It is because they're eating the food that is on the dinner table. It is because the sugary cereal and, and the crap fruit snacks and all that stuff is just the default mode of the house. And until the parent can actually like create that through line and be like, actually, I understand why this is important for me. And now the deeper cut is I see how this is actually influencing the, the, the likelihood that my kid thrives. And that's a deeper cut of why you might even want to get healthy. That's how the culture needs to be set. So it starts with fit fathers and fit mothers, and then it can disseminate down to having healthy kids because the kids are not going to know any different. And of course, these foods that are made to be marketed to be super hyper palatable, super sugary, salty, tasty, like they're here to hijack our taste buds and get us addicted. And our neurochemistry responds to these foods in similar ways to drugs. So there's a cleaning process that must happen for parents and kids, but it has to start up top with the parents, which means like if your health is not right, it's to the point where you know it feels aligned, we got to start there. And your kids may still be on like the old plan, but mm -hmm. as they see you change, as they see your body transform, as they see the new energy, you know, quite frankly, if, if you're, if you're a parent too, this is about your emotional regulation with your kids. I promise you, you get healthier, your nervous system becomes more resilient. You feel more happy and confident in your own skin. You're going to respond to your kids differently. You're not going to snap as much. They're going to see and like have a level of respect, seeing you go through a tremendous journey and what a gift and a blessing that they could see their parents go through a hero's journey and transformation. If you're overweight, six to 12 months, you can be a completely different person. I mean, we have a one program member who lost 192 pounds in 18 months and now runs half marathons with his daughter, right? I mean, like wow. talk about a guy who was almost 400 pounds. So like you can make a phenomenal change in a relative short period of time and that will impact their kids because they see what you do, not what you say. And then I guess at that point, the next level would be you start eating healthier dinners and creating healthier meal number one breakfast. You bring them along. And the cool thing is health food doesn't have to like taste bad. Like you could set out mm -hmm. some fresh fruits some bacon and some eggs or something like that for breakfast. And that would be like, wow, like the kids are going to be all into that, but you have to have a plan, right? You have to have a plan and a system. Otherwise it just is all like a wish list. And when the rubber hits the road and the alarm's up, you get your coffee, the kids pour the cereal and you get the juice. And then the same day repeats like groundhog day over and over. So that's why it requires work, like learning a new language. It's immersion. It's mm -hmm. learning the alphabet. It's creating a plan of learning. And this is exactly what we help people do inside our programs. I love, I love those answers. Um, one of the things we, um, always think about is what these calls invisible influences, invisible factors, right? So someone sees that, um, you know, so I, I do ultra marathons and lift and stuff. They're like, wow, that's a lot of physical things you do. And what they don't see is someone who's has a lot of belief in themselves now mm -hmm. to do hard things, to endure, to have resilience, right? And so those are the things that you won't see on a sales page, right? You won't see on a, um, you won't see on a billboard, you know, you will see a flat stomach, but we won't see these invisible intrinsic factors. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to a family, what are some of those invisible factors that people are probably overlooking in terms of when we really start to get this family unit healthy, these kind of intangible benefits are going to come along. Yeah, I'll say, okay, so greater emotional regulation between all family members. Your kids having greater, greater emotional regulation, which is completely tied to their blood sugars, which is completely tied to the neurochemistry that's created from the foods and their habits that they're having. Like your kids are going to become smarter, more regulated and thriving. So we can't exactly see that just from looking at a fit family, but, but they will like, this is like, it's kind of natural law. When the body gets the right inputs, it expresses the great amount of energy, intelligence, happiness, and joy, which would be like the state we're all kind of going for. That's really important. 
And I'd say like, this is where it kind of goes into the realm of spiritual health for parents too, without saying what, what to believe, because I'm not making any statements about what you should believe or what you do believe. I will tell us that the word health means wholeness. It comes from the old Germanic for wholeness. And part of wholeness is feeling like you're aligned. Like the things that you actually want and you say are important are being mirrored and being consistent with your actions, like for the most part. And when you get that alignment, you end up feeling like more connected. You're not feeling as fragmented. And like, what is the most powerful like way that we can direct light? Well, we direct light through a laser, a small laser of green light <laughs> with enough power can cut through like granite or something like this, right? But the scattered dispersed light may just like light up a room. So imagine what would happen to you if you truly got into that next level of alignment in lack of fragmentation. Like that doesn't show up in the abs, but it certainly shows up. Like if you see a 65 year old woman who's still working in corporate America, who has great health, and is, is awesome to her kids and her grandkids and has like, and is showing up with vibrant and smiles. Like that is a powerful ass woman on many levels. You can just tell she gets things done. She knows how to manage things. And it's just like, it's evident. Like, I don't even need to say anything. You just like know it unconsciously from perceiving how she acts and operates. And so I think from a leadership perspective, that might be another invisible thing that emerges is like, you are going to trust somebody who it feels like they're in integrity. Like someone who's telling us that we need to be like, who trusts a fat doctor or an overweight personal trainer? You don't. And so a parent that's telling you to be the best version you can be at all levels, who is not expressing that in the physical and the emotional and the habit level, like does not have as much oomph, integrity, uh, quite frankly, which means wholeness and, mm -hmm. and, and power to translate into their families and communities. Yeah, man, that that is a lot of truth there. And this is a word that we hear in corporate a lot is executive presence. You, you hear that word a lot, executive presence. And what a lot of times people forget when it comes to this word presence is that a lot of this presence is nonverbal. And just by you walking into the room, your stature, your posture, your presentation, that is going to say a lot about yourself. I mean, um, whether you like it or not, a lot of times um, – People will judge someone based on their appearance and not even just like, oh, this person's overweight. It's more like, okay, this, this person doesn't have the discipline. Like think about like a lot of times presidential candidates. Sure. Uh, and if they're excessively overweight, there's a there's a subconscious distrust in that in that president, because how can he lead a nation in a country if he can't lead himself? For sure. And so um, that's that's a big thing there. So uh, I don't think we talked about it yet. So let's quickly talk about um, exercising mm -hmm. and kind of because once again, somebody's going to say, hey, I'm too busy. I, I don't want to be in the gym all day and yeah. all those excuses. Right. I'd love to talk about that. And I also want to like I don't want to dismiss the yeah. fact that this whole process is challenging. Mm -hmm. Like it's not just like snap your fingers and like now you're just like you're on it. You got motivated from this podcast and everything's going to be right in your life. Like I want to just truly acknowledge that it is a hero's journey to get yourself healthy. And in the process of going through changing your mindset, changing your habits, recognize how important this is, you are literally going through, I think, one of the most profound personal development experiences of your entire life, better than any book, any seminar, because you're literally transforming yourself and your body through your will, through your environment, through understanding, through surrender and humility. So this is like deep work and you walk this path and get the success in your version, like it's going to open your whole life up. And like, there's that quote that most people spend their first 40 years trading their health for wealth only to Very spend true. the next 40 years trading it back. Like this is that pivot time in midlife where you have the opportunity to get back on track and then love the way you look and feel when you're 70 and 80 and you're not debilitated because that would suck. 
to live for like 10, 15 years, but be in a wheelchair, barely conscious, addicted to medications, losing your mind. Like this is the reality for many people. So there's that. Now, exercise is amazing. It is like, it is the one thing we can do that taps into the fountain of youth. We, we talked about how nutrition is important for like the energy and the habits. Exercise is a way to build more muscle and create more longevity. So strength training is the key to age, like strength training. And I would also say daily walking. So first off, when we look at like the longest living cultures around the world, the centenarians, those pockets of longevity, they're not doing P90X workouts, but they are working, <laughs> right? They're not, they're, they're walking outside, they're gardening, they're tending to their plants. They're just like lots of moving. That's what the human body needs. It needs lots of movement. Ideally outside, breathing fresh air through the nose, which is powerful for circulation and creating a parasympathetic, relaxed tone of the nervous system, which is highly associated with a long life. The longest living creatures are relaxed. The tortoise lives for 110 years. The mouse is worried about getting eaten all the time. That thing lives for 18 months. Obviously that's genetics as well as things, but being in a relaxed state, daily walking and movement is key for the body to do that ideally outside. And I like to draw the distinction between formal workouts and daily movement because mm -hmm. we may not always have the time for formal workouts, but we always have the time for daily movement. You have meetings, you can take them while you're walking. You have phone calls, you can do that while you're walking. You can get a walk with your family after dinner or sometime in the morning, or you can just do micro workouts throughout the day. You know, get a pull-up bar in your office, do some push-ups, do some squats. Like we have the time to incorporate this if we're not as flexible and rigid about what movement actually looks like. And it needs to be formal exercise for an hour and a half in a gym, in a certain set of clothes. Like those are constraining variables that naturally are going to be like, stretched and tensioned when your life and schedule is busy. So let's create a more broad perspective of that. Now, when it comes to exercise, it's time efficient for people over 40. The kind of training that we recommend as the basis of our programs in Fit Father and Fit Mother is called metabolic resistance training. And this is basically taking strength training motions that you need to be strong at when you're 20 and when you're 80. Things like squatting down, standing back up, pressing overhead, pulling and pushing from your body. These are exercises like swings, squats, deadlifts, rows, shoulder press, push-ups, and we make them joint friendly and we put them in a circuit. So you're getting the combination of functional strength training with cardio, with mobility in 30 to 45 minute sessions. So these could look like circuits where you're going like back to back between exercises with little mm -hmm. rest very, very effective way to train. Um, and, and then like, then you pair that with, you know, some, some cardiovascular training on, on off days, this could be walking or steady state cardio or intervals. And I think the key thing is like, you really only need to do this higher intensity exercise for the purpose of really pushing your fitness two to three times a week when you're over 40, obviously you get more benefit from training more and you will like up to your recovery capacity and fitness itself becomes more motivating when you become more fit. So there's a variable there, but like if you're starting out and you're overweight, you get your nutrition right. And then you schedule in two workouts a week. That is like a perfect starting plan. And like on our YouTube channels, you can check out, we have like hundreds of free workouts that are highly effective like this. And of course on our websites as well. Awesome. And I will have, um, I'll have those links in there as well to, to link to that. Cause you guys have, you have a ton of content by the way. Yeah. hundred, like, like, like maybe close to a thousand videos. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very prolific. Yes. Um, on that, um, you know, uh, and so let's, um, how do you take care of yourself? What are some of the things you're doing right now? Well, I'm in a really like kind of powerful period of my life in the sense that I'm a dad. I have a two-year-old daughter. I'm running two businesses and, and keeping myself like quite busy. And so I'm in my own journey of interfacing like a health plan that works with a busy schedule. And basically here would be like my rhythm. I get up in the morning, I rehydrate. 
if possible, and I have the time, and it's not always possible, I will get out, take a walk, and get sun on my skin and my eyes, and maybe hop in a cold plunge that I have outside. These are good. These are things that kind of gets my nervous system regulated, and I also meditate in the morning and the evening, even if it's five minutes. I have a chair that I sit down in and like just like get present in my body, feel gratitude, feel love, feel connection. So I think actually, and I'm getting into these practices as I feel like are even more important for me now. These more mental, emotional, spiritual practices are more important than necessarily getting in high intensity exercise. I may only do high intensity exercise like strength training or doing uh, riding my bike in a in a vigorous way three times a week. And that's enough and sufficient because my nutrition is good. Uh, I have around two meals per day with one snack. They're almost, they're very similar meals. Dinner is always variable, like whatever I'm eating with my family and my daughter. Uh, breakfast is almost always standardized, you know, because I, as I, I practice what I preach and I, when I'm busy in the day, I want like something that's simple, convenient, nutritious. And, um, and, and past that, like I, I maintain this inspiration of service through my daily practices and pouring energy into the things that I'm creating, the videos, conversations like these. And I, and I feel like part of the part of the way health works is like actually having the inner passion and fire to drive you forward. It's like people can lose the will to live if you don't have something to wake up and show up for. So I feel like that's just as foundational to my health is that I'm so enthusiastic about the work that I do. I eat nutritious foods. I get out outside. I sprinkle in high intensity exercise and um, I sleep as good as I can, but I have a, I have a two year old, so it's not always the best, but it's okay. There's seasons of life and it's not always supposed to be perfect. That's the key thing right there is that there's seasons of life. And, um, you know, that's kind of what I tell some of the business people that, you know, they're, they're um, at this huge season of life where maybe sleep's not going to be as good. Right. Um, but, you know, if, if you know the recovery is not going to be as good, then probably the five, six days a week of, of CrossFit yes. on, top, on top of training for Ironman, you, you know, we'll probably need to dial it down a little bit, right? Exactly. Dude, that is <laughs> the know? wisdom. Okay. So, and the physiology of that is look for performance and for longevity, we're trying to maintain like a healthy nervous system. Mm -hmm. And when we push too much and too hard and too fast on all fronts, like you will eventually burn out. You're just tapping into your reserves. And so if you're in a period where you're pushing really hard on work, exactly like you said, your sleep is a little bit lower, stress is a little higher then you want to do more restorative stuff with your body more walking outside, more sunshine, sauna, cold tub, exercise that's only like high intensity a few times for a week, but maybe even some lower intensity steady state cardio. So adapting your exercise to support whether you're in a, a busy pushing business season is like, that is the art of health. And that, that shows a lot of like wisdom and understanding. And then there's periods where you can really crush it with your fitness. And then at work might be a little more on autopilot and easier season. Like that's great. What I found personally is I can only really push hard on two fronts. And maybe this is kind of like a war analogy we can draw, but like <laughs> I only have like two big fronts where I can push on. If I add in like three or four, this mm -hmm. is when my capacity gets overtaxed and then I get the mental burnout, the busy mind, and then you're stressed and then you eat the wrong foods and then <laughs> the whole thing falls off the rails. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, um, you know, for me, I, this, this month of December has been just kind of a, a healing, a healing month. You know, nice. I still do, I still do some training, still do a little running, but, um, you know, just got done with the big event and, um, I had to find ways to kind of fill in that calendar still, because, you know, as you know, with habits and everything, if you do not do that, <laughs> then, um, something's going to replace that. Yeah. Right. And so, um, but, uh, one of the next things is, um, I always like to ask this question is just, what are you most excited about right now? Well, I, for me personally, like I'm stepping into a new level of leadership in my business. And this is partly because, you know, becoming a father 
and also seeing the kind of pain that's out there in the world, I have an even deeper connection to it right now. So heading into the new year, 2024 is prime time when so many people are looking to improve their health and fitness because of the January concept, the new year's resolution. So I am excited to be at the state of my life and my understanding now heading into the new year to support more people and to really get my megaphone out as best I can and blast mm -hmm. this message that your health is so much deeper than your body. Like this is your family. This is your future. This is your relationship to your own integrity, your, your financial and spiritual development. And like really just embody this message personally and, and, and try to inspire as many people as possible in the new year to see their health in a deeper way. Because I do believe, not to be doom and gloom, but we have a fairly sick society right now. We have mm -hmm. so many people that are overweight. We're relying on pharmaceutical medications way too much. People are disempowered and addicted. And this is setting the culture for our kids that they're growing up in. And it's, it, it, it is problematic for them. And we can change it too. That's the hope. And so I'm really pumped up to, to be able to have the most powerful year of my life in business mm -hmm. uh, and you know just embodying this work and this message. I think the thing I worry about even more with people is, yes, we see the physical thing, but I also see almost uh, a little bit of a eroding of the mindset and For just sure. uh, just overall spirit. Because um, if you lose hope, and that's what I'm afraid that a lot of people are losing now, is is hope. If you don't have a hope, uh, you know, then you, you won't even have the energy to even take the first step to start to change if you don't even have hope in yourself. And that's kind of the thing I'm afraid of for some people now. Well, I said, but I think it's like maybe a Bible verse verse that says like people without a vision perish. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, and, and it, it's true because that activates our idea of like the spirit the, the, the for us to move forward. You can hear the, the, uh, the scenarios where you have a couple that was married for 60 years. They're both in their eighties. Um, and the husband dies and then the wife dies from a broken heart effectively, like mm -hmm. two weeks later. Like we know that's possible. Like, what is that? That's literally losing the will to live or, or the hope that there's anything good around the corner. And then the body will, will, you know, will, will effectively like go it's, it's time it, it lays down. And so part of this is, I, I hope this podcast conversation is part of this idea of hope. The hope is I can tell you with as much confidence as anyone that I know that if you're over 40, or even if you're in your thirties, you can radically transform your life and your body and experience a phenomenal healing body, mind, and spirit in a period of six months mm -hmm. if you make this a priority and get committed. And making it a priority does not mean it overhauls the rest of your life. In fact, it means that you're just like really focusing on this and upgrading your life and your systems. Like you can completely change your life. You may have been stuck in like crap situation for two decades of stress, of bad eating, of inflammation. You can literally turn that around in six months. Like if that doesn't give you hope, just what's possible physically for the body to release the kind of weight and get on the healthy habits, like, man, it's so possible. And there are people in far worse shape than you that have done this. Yeah. You know, and I always looked at, um, you know, if I saw one person doing it, then I thought, then I thought, why couldn't I do it? And then also, you know, I think about my dad and the yeah. pain he went through, the dialysis for over a decade and, yeah. and the, amputees, the amputations and all that. So like any pain or discomfort I feel, yes, it may be discomfort and pain to me, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, I, I think that, you know, and I think people can use this a lot of times if you had people pass away that were very close to you, everything, you can kind of take some of their spirit and, and, yes. and, and, and take it with you and use that as strength you know, as you go through your own challenges. Amen, bro. So um, one of the next things is, uh, as we get ready to wrap up here is, um, what are, let's say, maybe a one to five word philosophy that you have mm -hmm. that um, kind of sums up um, how you go about life? Well, at least, and I'll, and I'll speak to this on the physical and then on the mental, emotional, and they're very tied. 
the human body thrives and is most healthy when it remains connected to the cycles of natural law. Mm. The human body is healthy when it's connected to natural law. And what natural law is, is effectively the cycles of the light and the dark that controls our circadian rhythm. Mm -hmm. The fact that the human body requires the inputs of hydration, of good nutrition, of daily movement. As much as we can mirror and map what natural law dictates for the human mechanism as our own lifestyle, we remain healthy. And the amount of dis-ease that we have is the amount of drift from that pattern, from that ideal pattern. This is what we what happens to dis-ease. People who are dis-eased ultimately are sleeping poorly, eating non-natural foods, not moving enough. They've lost this pattern. And I think when you understand this pattern, it can almost become a little more of like a I'll also use the word spiritual again, a spiritual mm -hmm. connection to how we're designed, our geometry of the body to be connected with these things. And it is so powerful. Like the sleep, for example, when it gets dark outside, our eyes, extension of the brain, perceive that light lowering. We release melatonin, which is this master hormone that literally cleans our brain, regenerates our system. All of our white blood cells get improved because they have melatonin receptors. I mean, like this is the natural cycle of healing when we're connected to that stuff. And modern living is disconnecting us mm -hmm. with fake foods, with artificial light, with all this excess stress that is not natural and into our system, with addiction to all the technologies and all the bombardment of information that's beyond what we're meant to heal and handle. So the natural law is, I think, what that is. And then I'll say, I believe that each of us have our unique stories due to where we were born, stuff we didn't necessarily like consciously choose here. And as we evolve and express to ride that flame as it continues to burn into this end point of service, into the end point of taking everything that you've learned, that you hold dear, the healing that you've experienced, the power that you've learned, and then take that and give that to the world as your gift. And I think that's what we all have the ability to give that unique gift that is only ours because it's our geometry, because it's our overcoming, it's our hero's journey. So it always comes down into this service. This is certainly service to your family by being the best version of yourself and imparting that wisdom to them. Then it kind of goes out to service of the community. When you're on fire and you're doing good initiatives, you're showing up as a great employee or CEO or executive, like now there's a circle of influence and that lights someone else's fire through your mere presence. You are mm -hmm. no longer tugging them along. You are radiating out a vibe that gets people to be better. That's why we listen to these podcasts. If you're still listening to this, it's because you're you're getting a vibe from our conversation that is stirring something up in you that you want to like resonate at and transmit that with other people. So this is where it's like a good contagion. Insofar as we had this fear-based contagion through COVID and all this stuff, this is the good vibes that mm -hmm. are just as contagious. And can truly change the world because there are a lot of us. And if we start resonating at this, like this deeper level of integrity, man, that's like everyone can get elevated by that. Absolutely, man. I, I love that. That's an awesome way to, I had one more question, but that's a great way to, to wrap this up. So I'm not going to even ask that question. <laughs> cool. um, so I will ask though, is um, uh, where can we keep up uh, with you and everything? So my two companies, as I mentioned, are Fit Father Project, and that's for dads, particularly men over 40 who want to get healthy, and then Fit Mother Project uh, for the same for moms 40 plus who want to get healthy as well. And those websites are fitfatherproject.com 
and fitmotherproject.com. And if you visit those sites, you can see our hundreds of case studies. You can see free meal plans and workouts that we can email you and you can join our email list. And we also have our YouTube channels. If you like watching YouTube videos, you can just search Fit Father Project or Fit Mother Project and subscribe and go down the rabbit hole of all of our philosophies on nutrition, exercise, mindset, supplementation. We have all of it there. And of course, our programs are amazing. If you really want to like immerse into an experience, those are available on, you can see them on our website as well. That's great to hear. But yeah, you have, they have every, every media channel that you can think of. Uh, they, they have it covered. So if you like to read, perfect. If you yeah. rather watch and listen, they got you covered. So it's a awesome, awesome, fantastic resource. And I love the work that you all are doing. I really do. Um, and so I will have all of those um, links and resources that he mentioned in the show notes. And until next time, everyone stay awesome, be limitless. And as always, go be the CEO of your health and your life. Peace.